Blog Talk Radio. Everybody, welcome to another edition of Sports Urban Legend. Along with my co-host Macaulay Matthew, I'm of course William Amo. What's up, Mac? How you doing? Hey, man. How's it going? I'm doing alright, man. But I'm hearing my echo, but I'm ignoring it. Mm. But um, thanks for coming on the show, as always. Yeah, no, anytime. Thank you. And ladies and gentlemen, I'm always happy to have you guys on the show, as always. And uh, if you'd like to talk about any of these upcoming topics or more, feel free to um, get your voice be heard. Um, on today's show, you know, I'm going to give my um, my uh, my thoughts on the Michael Jordan documentary that just ended um, on Sunday, this past Sunday. And um, I'm also going to talk about, you know, the the AEW pay-per-view event that uh, is a, should be finishing about now, um, AEW uh, Double or Nothing. Talk about that. Talk about what's going on in WWE. And um, what else is going on in the world of sports, you know, during this quarantine. Um, but, you know, again... Most uh, most importantly, number is five six three nine 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 three five two nine. That's five six three nine 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 three five two nine. So feel free to talk about any of these topics or more. You know, we're here for you. But before we um dive into um the the last dance talk. And you know our brutally honest uh, take on this, um, you know, ten episode um, series. Um, the first thing we got, you know, we got to talk about, you know, is the unfortunate and uh, untimely passing of, uh, you know, a fan favorite, you know, uh, you know, former WWE superstar, you know, a fan, you know. Of you know me and you, me and you, Mac, of course, and I'm of course talking about, uh, you know, the passing of Shad Gaspar, you know, from Crime Time, and um, basically, you know, a few days ago, um, Chad Gaspar was playing with his son, and uh, you know he got caught with a rip. Riptide, but his his last um, act was that he told the lifeguard to protect his son, and I, and apparently the next thing the the lifeguard noticed or the you know was him gone, so they were searching for days for him, and um, I think it was probably Thursday or Friday, I can't remember. Um, Sometime this week, they, you know, unfortunately uh, confirmed that he did pass away when they found, 
you know, his body, you know, and... Um, well, I'm hearing the echo in the background. Oh, yeah, you hear the echo, too. Yeah. Oh, man, I thought it was just me. I'm just... Yeah, I thought it was just me, unfortunately, but hopefully the the, the listeners don't hear it, but I'm guessing if you hear it and I hear it, then unfortunately, you know, they hear it, too. So I apologize for that technical difficulty, but, um, you know, most importantly, uh, you know, my thoughts and prayer, you know, goes out to, you know, the Gaspar family. You know, he he was a, you know, a, a very good dude from all the accounts I've heard, you know. And, you know, he he went out like a, a true hero, you know, protecting his fa- his his son, you know, like a, a real father would. And a few years ago, he stopped the armed robbery, which which is ironic because his whole character with um his whole gimmick with JTG was that you know they're stereotypical you know criminals you know from the street of Brooklyn robbing people but the only thing that the crime time you know really stole since unfortunately they never got the title the tag team titles during their reign was the only thing they stole was was the heart of the fans and how they they engage you know the the audience with their um with their antics, their their hilarious um skits and you know, for someone who I guess didn't watch them in you know you know, in the what, the past decade or so, the best way to describe them was like they were like a cross between Eddie Guerrero, you know, his um, you know, Latino Heat, like cheating still character and um the the um the New Day, which, you know, they were um, the new day, especially Kofi Kingston, were very cool, cool with him. So, you know, that's the best way to describe those guys. Um, very, very hilarious, very entertaining, and you know, Shad's definitely going to be missed. Not only for the entertainer that he was, but you know, for the stand-up guy he was. And you yeah, know, it's the highest pra- praise you could give is, you know, his his peers. And you know his former, you know, you know coworkers like Undertaker, you know The Rock, um, Kofi Kingston, and the, the list goes on and on. Uh, even Josh Brolin, you know the the actor, he he paid his respect, um, you know, to to Shad. So, you know, he's he's definitely going to be missed. Uh, what's your, what's your thoughts on the whole situation? Yeah, I mean, when I heard about it, you know, it's, I was shocked. You know, shock for two things. Shock because, you know, during this pandemic, people are going to the beach right now and going to the water. I mean, you guys have to be more aware and more cautious right now. You know, you should stay away from the beaches or stay away from anything right now until this COVID-19 improves. But I was shocked for that and, of course, shocked, you know, because he was caught in this riptide and fortunately his son was saved, but he ended up drowning and um, they ended up finding his body several days later. So, I mean, this is shocking all around, but, you know, it's very tragic, very sad. And, you know, my condolences go out to his family and to his son, but, you know, he... He died a hero, 
you know, he sacrificed his life to save his son's life. And, you know, and also, as you mentioned, he stopped the robbery. So this guy, you know, he was not a criminal as he, as his character uh, was portrayed in, uh, as he portrayed in the, you know, WWE um, when he was tag teaming with uh, JTG at Crime Time. This guy was a real life hero and you have to commend him for that. And, you know, rest in peace. You know, so I can say. Yeah, man, absolutely. You know, th- those guys were were money on the mic, man. And you know, but even more importantly, you know, you know, Chad was a, a good dude, and you know, he he definitely earned the respect of the you know the people that knew him the most during his lifetime, and. You know, they're all, everybody's all, you know, coming out and, you know, giving him the respect that he deserved as a human being. And uh, no one, no one's ever had anything bad to say about him. And yeah. that was prior to his passing. So, you know, rest in peace, um, Chad Gaspar. And, um, you know, in tribute, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to play his theme song, you know, to give props to a fellow IECM, you know. A guy of Haitian descent, like you know, both of us. So, you know, rest in peace, um, Chad Gaspar. Rest in peace, man. Rest in peace, indeed. But um, yeah, man. Let's um, you know, shift gear. Well, I guess slightly shift gears. There, there was another tragedy in the the wrestling world too. But um, yeah, this um, yeah, th- this news I think basically came out earlier today. Yeah, there was this um, Japanese star called Hana Kimura. She she passed away at the age of 22 because um, allegedly, you know, she she committed suicide because she was facing cyberbullying. So, I mean that that's a another horrible and tragic, you know, story. And apparently she was, before she passed, before, you know, she took her life, she was posting cryptic um, messages about how she was feeling. But, you know, my thoughts and prayers go out to her family. I mean, that's messed up. Well, what's your thoughts on this whole thing? Yeah, no, it's definitely sad. I mean, it looks like she was, being uh, bullied online by people and she decided to take her life because of it. Um, my question is, I mean, if you're being bullied online, can't you just log off? I mean, let's be fair here, you know? But 
it could have been some other things that was going on in her life, which, you know, led to her committing suicide. But, you know, sad. But, you know, it and she, she uh, sounds like she, you know, was a rising superstar as well. Could yeah, have possibly be, been the next Oscar. Yeah, apparently she, she's been wrestling since she was six. And um, apparently she she won a championship uh, in Japan, and then she, I guess moments later, got defeated by her own mother. No, but um, um, uh, you're back, Mac. Yeah, I got this. Uh, don't know what happened there. Yeah, Sorry. I noticed you got cut off some for some reason. But yeah, apparently she won her first title when she was six, and then moments later she got, you know, defeated by her mother. You know. But yeah, I mean it's it's sad. You know, she was a wrestling lifer. Yeah. And unfortunately, you know, whatever you know, issues she was dealing with you know, I mean, with the addition or as a result of being bullied, you know, she, you know, she, you know, ended it all. You know, yeah, it's sad. It's, it's very sad. Fortunately, it's only 20, I think she was 23, 22 or something 22. like that. Yeah. Yeah, my, I mean, my, my thoughts and prayers go out to her family. It's, I mean, I can't even imagine what's going on. But um, yeah. Moving on to you know more. I mean, less depressing news. Uh, let's yeah. Let's just dive into um. Let's let's just dive right into this uh. This uh, the last dance talk. And um, yeah. I I definitely have to, you know, thank you, man, because. I was not gonna originally watch this uh this this um this series because, you know, I lived it, you know. As a child, you know, in the nineties, team I ever rooted for was the Knicks. I mean this was this was years before I was a Mets fan or you know, even a wrestling fan. You know. Knicks was the only only thing I cared about sports wise. So you know, I know. I, I mean, I remember all the the heartaches that the Knicks put me through as a you know as a result of Jordan's dominance. So I didn't know if I wanted to relive it, but you know, I always love nostalgic stuff, especially sports and entertainment wise. You know, as you guys know, if you know you check out this show for the past eleven years and the YouTube channel, Sports Related TV. You know. You guys know that I I love old school stuff like this, so you know I, I took a, I took a chance, and uh, from the first episode on, you knew ESPN was bringing it, man. It was it was great. I loved the the you know how they paralleled the whole the whole season like the perfect storm of of '98, you know of the 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 last dance, all the background, the backstage politics, and all the the stuff going on in the background and in the forefront while they're, while Jordan's trying to chase his sixth and final championship of his career and of the Bulls franchise career also. 
and uh, they they um, basically flash back to the earlier Bulls days, how they were laughing stocks, laughing stock of the league. Um, you know, Pippins um, getting drafted, and his you know his um, emergence with the with the team. Um, of course, um, it talks about Kerr, uh, Rodman. You know, they they talked about the key key uh, Bulls, and, and including the former Nick player on the championship seventies championship teams, uh, Phil Jackson. You know, coaching that that team. And uh, my thoughts on it, man, it, it was a, a great documentary. And the reason why it was great was because all the players, you know, everybody who was interviewed, especially Jordan, they didn't hold back, you know, with their with their honest opinions. So I mean, because of that, I mean, it was a it was a phenomenal phenomenal um, documentary. I mean, for me, gets a perfect ten because I mean there was. Nothing they could have done that could have made this, you know, perfect. I mean, the only thing that to me that would have been perfect is if, you know, there was an alternate universe where the Knicks actually won a championship during the 90s. <laughs> I mean, that's the only way I would have loved it even more. But, unfortunately, that wasn't the case. So, to everybody involved, I mean, I mean, it was, it was great. I mean, um, uh, what was your thoughts on it? Yeah, it was a it was a great documentary. I mean, throughout every episode kept you on edge, you know, um, from the early days of the Bulls to the first three championships and Michael Jordan, you know, his early days and him growing up and him signing with Nike all the way up to the '98 season. You know, everything about it was great. You know, um, even like the backstage politics stuff you mentioned. All the controversies they had to endure. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it, it was every episode was was fantastic, man. It was well, it was well shot, well well planned, um, and just seeing having Jordan give you the commentary on everything that was going on throughout that season. I definitely think it you know helped the documentary gave it boosted it up to another level. But I'm um, I'm hearing now that Scottie Pippen and Horace Grant, they're not too thrilled after mm-hmm. seeing this documentary how they were portrayed, you know, in uh some of these episodes. So, you know, I don't know what was true, what's not true, but all I could say is after watching this documentary, you know, it's definitely one of the better documentaries I've seen in a while. Mhm. Yeah, I I definitely agree with that. I mean, I, you know, I talk. I also talk about this on an episode on uh, my YouTube channel, Sports of Millennium TV. You know about this, but um, yeah, I mean, I'm trying to remember what I was gonna say. Um, about this, I'm trying to think of something that stood out in my head. I just lost my tr- my th- my train of thought. Um. But it was, I mean, it was a, a phenomenal thing. I mean, um, darn, I can't, I'm, I'm, I'm at a loss for words. That's how great the, the, the um, you know, the, the, the documentary was. But, um, darn, I, I forgot exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm really, like, tongue-tied right now. But, um, 
I mean, I love the the backstage stuff, you know. And but but what what was really messed up about it was how Jerry Krause. I mean, as great as a GM he was, I mean that was that was messed up. And and um, Reindorf, man, like no matter what they did, they can't pull. They can't. Um, they can't bring them back for one more year to to let them get that that title, that extra that go for the seventh. I thought that was that was pretty dirty. It oh was. yeah, oh yeah, that was the that was one of the things I wanted to touch upon. The other thing I wanted to touch upon was, um, yeah, man. I mean, it was sad to see uh, Jordan, you know, um, got emotional, you know, winning that fourth championship. You know his first uh, championship he won without his father on on Father's Day, no less too. So that was that was really um, I gotta admit. I mean that 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 you know that got me emotional too. I, I felt his pain. You know him. You know he what it meant to him. You know winning that that first title and him just you know he letting it all hang out, man. He just crying. You know. You know, in the locker room, man, it was. You know, it was sad because he, you know, he always had his, his father, you know, consoling him for the first three. And, um, you know, he, that was basically a tribute to his father for that, um, that fourth one. Well, I mean, what was your, what was your thoughts? more on this yeah i mean the that part where you know he talked about his dad being his best friend and you them giving details of his dad's murder i mean that was that was probably the lowest point of that documentary you know just that you know talking them diving into that part yeah i mean that that was it, that was probably the worst part of that documentary. Yeah. This is dad's death, you know. But other than that, you know, the championships, you know, um, going to diving deep into Jordan's mind and how ferocious of a athlete he was and how, mm-hmm. you know, he he was so committed, you know, to the game of basketball, you know, and so competitive mm-hmm. also. Even mm-hmm. when he wasn't playing basketball, he was competitive at, you know, card playing and golf, mm-hmm. you know. This mm-hmm. guy was just a, born to be competitive. Yep. And you see that throughout the documentary. And, you know, that's why, he, you know, he's a Hall of Famer, you know, because this guy, mm-hmm. you know, unlike some other athletes, he he strives to be the best at mm-hmm. his sport, you know. Yeah, and he's done that, and you see that throughout, you know, these episodes, you know, especially that game where he was battling that food poisoning, and all these years we thought it was the flu, but it wasn't. But he managed to play through that, and I think he scored what, like, forty-two points or something. I think something in that game. Like that. Yeah, I mean, I can't. When I have food poisoning, I can't even get out of bed. You know, <laughs> and these dudes were shooting jump shots and dunking. I mean. That's superhuman. It's crazy, and you know the funny thing is, I, I just before you mentioned it, it, it just popped in my head about the 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 flu the flu the uh, the flu game. 
But yeah, you you're hundred you're hundred percent right. You know, like um, we all thought it was the flu, but it was food poisoning. And then another moment where he was sick, or or you know he was out of it, was uh the the double nickel game when he he was us uh, four games back from the from the um the NBA from playing uh you know minor league baseball, you know with right. the um with the Barons, you know the the White Sox affiliate. And right. um yeah man before that the what was it the first three or four games before he he played the Knicks you know he was he looked pedestrian you know he looked like a imposter you know wearing um you know wearing a, a, a Jordan jersey you know and of yeah. course you know his number was forty five when he came back and then he then he switched it right back to twenty three and um. Yeah, man, he man, that guy's <laughs> like he's he's unbelievable, he's, man. He's, he's black Jesus. I, I'm not going that far. <laughs> if you want to go that, that's well, Jesus, that's, what, that's that's what they said in the um... oh yeah, the the LeBron James uh, interview. Oh. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You um yeah you were, you were telling me about the LeBron James um interview. Where basically, you know, he grew up a Chicago Bulls fan, because you know LeBron James, you know, he's when it comes to being a sports fan in the '90s, he was the anti-Will because he rooted for the Yankees that won four in that time. He rooted for the for the the, the Cowboys, America's team, and then of course he was a Bulls fan, you know. So I mean, he 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 didn't have a lot of heartbreak watching sports like. Yours truly, but um, he was he was talking about his um, his um, what was it, the word I'm looking for? The first time he met him, when um, you know this was just a, I think a, maybe two years before he made it to the league, you know he made it to the you know to the NBA. I think this was also Jordan's last year too when he was playing with the Wizards. Um, but yeah, he he talked about how you know he felt like. Jordan was a mythological creature. He only saw him on TV, and he referred to him as Black Jesus because he he felt he was, well, he was literally his idol. So he yeah. was, you know, he told a, a story about that. But um, yeah, all in all, man, this was a a great documentary, and uh, for me, one of the episodes when they touched upon. Kobe Bryant, um, you know, playing his first game in the uh, MSG at the All-Star Game, and they really dived in deep into, um, you know, Michael's, you know, deep respect and brother, big brother, little brother relationship he had with Kobe. I mean, the way how they, they set that up, man, I was like, man, this is a, a, a potential spinoff, you know, episode that they could have. Because, you know, Kobe, like I've always said, man, for the past probably 20 years or so, Kobe is the closest thing to um, to Michael Jordan, you know, that, we, that we've seen as a player. I mean, LeBron's great. You know, he's, he's on that level as well. But, yeah, man, Kobe, man, that, that's a spinoff episode right there, a 10-point. Ten, a ten, a ten part episode or so or maybe close to it of what well, you could do. Well that. I hear I hear that the Magic Johnson has confirmed that they are gonna be 
releasing a Koei documentary soon here, focusing on his last season. So that's yeah, currently that's in the works. That, that's that's great. I mean, that's that's much watch right there. And I also heard that uh, uh, ESPN is going to do um, a Tom Brady one. I mean that that one's going to be good, but you know I'm I'm keeping it real with you. It's not it's not going to be it's not really going to be as great as um as Jordan one because I I mean J- Jordan one I don't know if Tom Brady's going to go you know like he's still playing in the league. I don't know if he's going to you know be like keep it a hundred to be honest with you. Yeah, and Tom Brady isn't on Michael Jordan's level either. You know Michael Jordan was the most dominant athlete during his era. Can you say the same for Brady? I mean, maybe maybe Brady's team have been the most dominant team during his era, but I think there's been better players during Brady's era than Tom Brady, so. Right. I mean, they do have the winning resume, but, yeah, I mean, I, I feel your point. Well, yeah, uh, Patriots, that's yeah. what I'm saying. The Patriots have been the dominant team during the era, but Brady himself has not been the most dominant player during his era. There's been other players that have been much better. Right, statistically. I agree with that. But, um, yeah, that I definitely you know, can't wait to see any of those documentaries. But, again, yeah. Ten, a perfect ten for t- ten out of ten for me in this documentary. Well, what zero to ten? What would you rate this? I know it ain't uh, a zero. It's definitely ten. Well, there you have it. From two Nick fans who miraculously haven't had uh, any uh, therapy bills, you know, haven't went to therapy yet due to the <laughs> trauma Jordan and the Chicago bullies have done to the Knicks over that era, but. You know, take it from us, guys who actually lived the, the era as kids. Check it out. Mm-hmm. ESPN should be paying us for this, you know. But, you know, this is, you know, it is what it is, man. This is a great documentary. You know, go see it. But, um, yeah, let's, let's shift gears. And, um, yeah, NBA, man, they're trying to, they're trying to come back. Um, they're they're trying to resume the season. Um, and and the rumor is is that they might uh, play the seasons in Disneyland. I mean Disney World. Yeah, I think. Heard it is. about that. And um, you know, same thing with MLB. They're they're trying to um. They're trying to um come up with a deal. I think early next month to try to, you know. Start the season late. Oh, well, start the season um, around July um, the fourth weekend. Like July third is the tentative date. Uh, I, I, you know, I heard about. And um, former Met, former Yankee, Bartolo Colon, he wants to come back one more year, and, but you know, play for the Mets. So I, I don't know if he's gonna come out of the bullpen or whatnot, or if they're going to sign him. But it would be nice to see him, you know, have his last hurrah as a Met, you know, fan favorite. You know, he he had his first home run, became like the oldest pitcher to hit a home run, you know, which MLB and McCauley don't want pitchers to hit, you know, bat. So 
that I guess his record's going to be intact. <laughs> Retro Cohen should just hang it up, man. I mean, you want him coming back for a final year? I mean, if he wants to come back and come out of the bullpen, and he still has a little sign in the tank. I mean, I mean that's. I mean, as long as he doesn't hurt the team and he doesn't pitch. I mean, he comes out of the pen and he's not. He doesn't give us the best Edwin Diaz um, or, or Jerry's familiar impression from this past year. Then I mean, I mean he can't hurt us. I don't think. I mean, but. I guess we'll see if the Mets will, will sign him or not. Because a few years ago, they were looking for a Bartolo Colon-type pitcher, but then they signed Jason Vargas and let, you know, Bartolo Colon leave. Mm. But, you know, it is it is what it is. Well, most important thing is that, you know, hopefully uh, Luis Rojas, you know, can uh, adjust with his you know, her first year as manager. And, um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. You know, yeah. Terry Collins, Buck Walter, you know, they, they definitely believe in him that he, he could be a very good manager, but, you know, we'll see what happens. Hopefully in July, if this season does happen, you know, if he does adjust to the game, I mean, he, 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 you know, he's a baseball lifer and he is the son of, Felipe Alu, one of the best managers in the game, so hopefully he'll rub up on him. But uh, in any case, yeah, let's shift. Let's shift gears to um, uh, WWE, man. What's your What's your thoughts on this week? I mean, the highlight of the week for me. Other than AJ Styles, you know, getting tra- um, traded to SmackDown was the emergence of Bobby Lashley. I mean, Bobby Lashley, you know, he's he's finally allied, you know, aligned himself with MVP, and looks like now Bobby Lashley, man, he's 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 finally going to you know compete for the WWE title first time since 2008. So hopefully this will lead to him eventually winning the title and set up a eventual Brock Lesnar match. But uh, what's your thoughts? Yeah, it's looking like that. It's looking like they're giving uh, Lashley a push again and having MVP manage him now or or be his valet, whatever you want to call him. <laughs> I mean, this should if this is the case, why didn't they just keep um, Rush as his, you know, as oh, his yeah. manager? Because he was doing a good job promoting Lashley and mm-hmm. announcing announcing him when he came in. I mean, I don't know why they let him go. It didn't make no sense. Yeah, yeah not, not only did they let him go, but they sent him down to the they 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 put him in NXT where he won the um you know he won the um the cruiserweight title and then afterwards they took the title off him shortly and then afterwards you know they 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 were he was released you know one of the people released so yeah i mean yeah man, that was a wasted um wasted opportunity that they that they did you know 
you know, releasing him because he had the he had the the wrestling ability and he had the um the mic skills. I mean, what more did you want from the guy? Yeah, don't know why. Why? I mean, he he brought Lashley. He he made Lashley interesting again. He did. Other than him, Lashley bending over and sticking his butt out. I mean, other than that, <laughs> it was you know it was it was a great pairing of those two. Yeah. You know, Bobby Lashley. He looked like he was getting. He was finally going to get a push that he needed. But then afterwards, then they they made him be um, um, King Corbin's lackey, which is what they did with Drew McIntyre. Also, they formed the unlikely trio where everybody somehow, everybody who's more talented than King Corbin becomes his lackeys instead of the other way around. And then they had a mini reunion, the three of them, uh, you know, at the end of Raw because Drew McIntyre defeated um, King Corbin with, of course, the, the, um, I forgot the name of the kick, Claymore kick. And then Bobby Lashley with MVP, Standing in the um the entrance, you know they were watching, and basically Bobby Lashley was challenging him for the title, and Drew McIntyre was voicing the opinions of all the WWE universe, like this is the Lashley we wanted to see, you know. Yeah. And yeah. but uh, unfortunately, uh, Lashley is not going to win the title anytime soon, you know, if ever, because they're going to be pushing Drew McIntyre all the way into like WrestleMania. Seemingly, or at least until the COVID is over, you know, it, it's still ongoing. They're not, he's not, he's not dropping that title anytime soon. I mean, I just don't see it. So, I mean, you know, hopefully Lashley, you know, looks strong and they, they shock us and put the title on him. But yeah, Drew's going to have the title for a while. He or might send Lashley to SmackDown. That's it. See, that's exactly what I was gonna say. You stole the words right out of my mouth. The only thing that could really help Lashley is if he gets traded to to SmackDown. But the problem is, AJ Styles got traded to to SmackDown. So unless they revealed it was that Lashley and AJ Styles got traded to SmackDown and somebody else, whoever it is, got treated to Raw, then, you know, Lashley's going to have a losing losing attempt at, at the title. Because um, Drew ain't losing the title anytime soon. Nope. I mean, Braun Strowman, I mean, you would think, logically speaking, since Braun Strowman is the more physically intimidating, um, you know, of the two, as compared to Drew McIntyre, you would think it would be easier to defeat Drew McIntyre than than Braun Strowman. But yeah, they, what they're doing to Braun Strowman is is ridiculous, man. They they don't take that guy seriously, and the only reason why he won the title is because Roman Reigns, you know, decided not to wrestle because he didn't want to get sick, and apparently he has new excuse me newborn. Uh, new more new, uh, newborn babies, and he didn't want to risk getting sick and them getting sick because of the COVID. So that's why he gave up his uh, opportunity. So, um, yeah, I mean, 
I mean, Braun Strowman, his last couple of title matches, with the exception of Bray Wyatt, was um, were were handicap matches. He lost the handy. He shockingly lost the, the Intercontinental title in a handicap match to um, uh, Sami Zayn when Sami Zayn was um, teaming up with you know his his friends uh, Shinsuke Nakamura and um, uh, Cesaro. Um, and then now he's fighting another handicap match where he's um, he's going to be battling Miz and Morrison, the former tag team champions. You know. When is uh, Roman Reigns coming back? Do we know? Uh, not anytime soon. No one knows. Hmm. Nobody knows when he's coming back. Um, I'm guessing until the COVID, the, the COVID is over is when he's going to come back. But, um... Yeah, it's um what was I gonna say? But yeah, I mean it's crazy. I mean now now that the the, the uh, intercontinental title is vacant and now they they have a tournament. Um AJ Styles defeated um Nakamura on SmackDown. Uh I think uh Daniel Bryan defeated Gulag uh, Gulag. So I mean the way how it, lo- it looks it looks like we might be seeing a dream matchup of uh, AJ Styles versus um, Daniel Bryan for the for the Intercontinental Title, you know, yeah. in the finals. The way how things are shaping up, I mean, a lot can happen from what a few weeks from now, you yeah. know, to now. Yeah. But that's what it looks like they're setting up for, and that that's the the perfect uh, way to uh, re-energize. And resurrect the intercontinental title because you got these two, these two workhorses battling for a title that always been the historically the work the working man's title, and uh, I think it would be a beautiful thing to see those guys battle it out for what was once the second most prestigious uh, title before the WWE WCW ECW merger. They had in a, what 2001. So yeah, that's definitely interesting. It yeah. goes down like that. But uh, speaking of um, you know tournaments for a title, and um, in uh, AEW they have uh, the pay per view event um, All or Nothing. I think this was was, was their what second annual one. All or nothing, but um, yeah, there was a tournament. Basic, there's been a tournament going on for weeks, and uh, in the finals, Cody Rhodes with his uh, manager Arn Anderson, obviously of the Four Horsemen in WCW, uh, Cody Rhodes he defeated Lance Archer, and of course Lance Archer is um, managed by the legendary uh, Jake the Snake Roberts. And uh, this is the, the, to my knowledge, I think this is the first time Lance Archer was defeated um, in, in AEW. Um, but the the other newsworthy thing is Mike Tyson uh, presented uh, Cody Rhodes with the um, inaugural TNT Championship. 
Um, so mm-hmm. congratulations to Cody Rhodes. Oh, well, Cody. He doesn't go by Cody Rhodes anymore, but we all know who he is. <laughs> but um, apparently during the match, Jake the Snake Roberts was going to interfere and attack um, Cody, but Mike Tyson, uh, you know, took off his shirt and he was go- he was going to knock out um, Jake the Snake because, uh, you know, Jake was going to come out with the snake and try to put it on Cody during the match, like like uh, Jake the Snake did to um, to Cody's wife, Brandy, a few weeks ago. So, basically, Cody got his revenge, defeated Lance Archer, and he is the new and the first ever AEW TNT champion. So, congratulations to him. Oh, congrats. I still uh, need to watch AEW because Survivor has ended now, and... Um, it comes on at eight o'clock, right? Uh, on Wednesday nights. Oh uh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, same time as NXT. Okay, yeah, I still need to watch that. Yeah, so let me try to think. So, um, the, for the AEW Tag Team Championship, best friends, uh, Taylor and uh, Trent. Defeat Private Party, which has Isaiah Cassidy and Mark Quinn. Uh, so as a result, best friends are uh, the number one contenders for the AEW World Tag Team Championship. And um, with, with the latter match for the number one contender for the AEW World Championship, uh, Brian Cage uh being managed with, by Taz, he um, he won he won the casino ladder match, and as a result, he is the he is a um, you know he has a future AW World Championship match in his future. Um, also, MJF he um, defeated Jungle Boy. No surprise there. Um, Jungle. As, this is a person called Jungle Boy. Yeah, Jungle Boy. Uh, and and the most the shocking thing is that's Luke Perry's uh, real life son. Oh wow. Yeah. So yeah, he's the Jungle Boy Jack Perry. Um, the woman's title. Oh, actually, uh, uh, this is a singles match because um, Brett Baker, uh, Britt Baker, she she got injured. She she was supposed to be in that match. I guess to determine the number one contender, but uh, Chris um, Statlander she defeated uh, Penelope Ford uh, in a singles matchup. Um, Dusty Rhodes, Dustin Rhodes, I should say, he defeated uh, Sean Spears. Uh, Sean Spears used to be known as Ty Dillinger when he was in WWE. Um, and then for the AEW Women's World Championship, uh, Ny- Nyla Rose, she she lost to um, Haruku um, Shida, um, you know, for the women's, the women's title. And then also, what was I going to say? Um, for the AEW Championship, um, John Moxley, formerly known as Dean Ambrose, he defeated uh, Brody Lee, formerly known as Luke Harper, from the White Family, to retain the um, AEW championship. 
And uh, basically, uh, for the past couple of weeks, uh, Brody, Brody Lee attacked uh, John Moxley, and he uh, he kidnapped, he stole the title, and he was calling himself the AEW champion, even though Moxley never lost the title. So Moxley got his revenge, and you know has the the title in his possession again. So you know that's that's that. And then they have the um the um the the stampede match. I'm for, I forgot the name of that match. Stadium stampede match, I think it's called. Um, I don't think they have a winner yet for that one yet. Uh, um, does AEW do they have? Well, I know they're they're they don't have any audience in attendance, but mm-hmm. are they having staff members fill some of those seats? Yes, yep. Mm-hmm. Unlike WWE, they have wrestlers and staff members stuff like that in the audience, and you know oh, it, that's it, a good it, idea. It's a smart idea, you know that it, it you know it takes away out of the whole empty arena feeling. You know, yeah. even though you know it's an empty arena essentially, and you know they're basically, you know they're they're wrestlers, you know, you know supporting their fellow, you know, peers. But yeah, I I think it's it's a wonderful aesthetic to have. But apparently, Vince is against it. You know, having the wrestlers, um, you know, watching in you know in the audience like fans. Maybe he feels like it degrades him. I don't know. I don't know what the reason is. But, but I don't know. But yeah, it would WWE would really benefit from uh, having that. You know, having you know, um, you know, having the 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 wrestlers and and you know in in the what you call it in the ring. Yeah, I think it would be a good idea. Yeah, but um, yeah, um, it's official now. Matt Hardy and the Elite, and the Elite has Adam Page, uh, you know, the Hangman, um, Kenny Omega, Matt Jackson, and Nick Jackson. They defeat Chris Jericho's inner circle. And the the inner circle has Jake Hager, formerly known as Jack Swagger, Sammy Guevara, Santana, and Ortiz. So Matt Hardy, he, uh, you know, he got... He got his revenge from, you know, the um, Jericho and the Inner Circle destroying his um, drone called Vanguard One. So this was uh, Matt Hardy's first, uh, you know, pay-per-view match show, match, you know, since joining AEW. So really, wow. Yeah. So all or nothing. Uh, I mean, I didn't see the the thing. I'm just reading the results, but it looks like it. Um, you know, it was interesting to see. So, guess I'll find out more information on how, you know how everything went down. But it was uh, yes, it was tonight. Yeah, it was tonight. Wow, why why they don't do it on Sundays? That's uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe they want to differentiate from WWE. You know, WWE does their stuff Saturday Sundays. I guess they felt like they wanted to do their stuff on. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it is a unique. I mean, it is different from WWE. Mm-hmm. I guess that makes them stand out that they do on Saturday nights, or Sunday nights. Yeah, definitely. 
But um, yeah, I guess this is um the show. You have anything you'd like to say? Uh, happy Memorial Day and just be safe and just enjoy this Memorial Day weekend, everyone. Yep, you heard the guy, man. Uh, um, you know, happy Memorial Day and uh, you know, remember the people who. The men and women who gave their their life for this country, you know, so so for for us to have our freedom, so you know, um, just remember them, you know, in your in uh, you know the families, you know, in their in your prayers. So you know, peace out to you know, shout out to them. But um, you know, I want to thank you all, ladies and gentlemen, for checking out this episode. Um, you know, I'll see you guys next week. Um, please feel free to check out next week's episode, same time, Saturday at 11. And uh, check out my YouTube channel, Sports Urban Legend, yeah, Sports Urban Legend TV, with some all new episodes. And, uh, you know, I'll see you guys next, next week. But before I go, uh, in honor of the, you know, the, the Bulls and the, you know, that special, here's the, you know, here's the theme song that, you know, strikes fear in the heart of their opponents in the, in, uh, during the 90s. So he's Macaulay Matthew. I'm William Ramon, and I'll see you guys next time. Peace. Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. 
Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.